Custom Car Care. All right, good morning and welcome. You got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Miss Sarah, how do you like the wintery-ish, weather-ish, windy-ish? We got things going on out here, don't we? I should have looked it up how many days we are away from spring. You know, I cannot wait until a spring. I definitely love spring. I do have to say fall kind of hung out pretty good this year. Mm -hmm. We got a decent fall even into, you know, December. Most of December wasn't too bad. But I'm uh, definitely, Jonas, my boy, and I were talking. He's looking forward to daylight savings time when we get a little more daylight. This time of year is always, I don't want to say it's depressing, but it it, uh, definitely makes it difficult to get things done. Yep. I agree with you wholeheartedly. It just, it sucks whenever you work all day and then mm-hmm. you come home and it's like 3.30, 4, yeah. or even 5, depending on what time you get home. And it's already dark mm-hmm. and you just, you can't work outside. Plus it's cold oh, and yeah. it's just, winter's not my favorite. And the wind, that, and I don't know like if I was younger, if I was just obtuse to the wind or what the deal was, but now it seems like, oh my God, the wind is always ripping through here. Yes. So, and when it's cold, it just makes it that much worse. But uh, on the homestead front, we're getting our uh, fireplace going and there ready to go. go. Pellet stoves uh, running out in the shop. Um, trying to make sure we're as redundant as possible. I'm probably going to take and fill up some of my uh, propane tanks and whatnot just in case. Uh, I was looking at some stuff online about generators. You know, God forbid we yes. lose power. I want to make sure we've got some redundancies and some backups before... You need them because normally my standard operating procedure is wait until I need it and then I haven't used it in years so it doesn't run. So I got to do a whole bunch of work before I get it going. So I'm working on all that stuff. I hope all of you out there are as well. Um, I did quite a bit of work on our plowing equipment. We do the plowing for the A1 Custom Car Cares to make sure you all can get in and out of there. Um, making sure it's ready to go. And the thing I was thinking about is good snow shovel. I haven't bought a good snow shovel in a long time, but if I buy one, that means we probably will get zero snow because that's kind of my MO. My first snow plow, put it together. We didn't have snow for five years <laughs> after I put that thing together. It really was, I guess, good insurance or good investment or however you want to look at it. Um, but, uh, do you think we're going to get a lot of snow this year? I know we're forecasted a little bit here. Well, I believe that the persimmons said that we're going to have, it did, that we had the little spoon on it. So I think we are going to have a little bit of snow, but Uh hopefully it's not a lot. I always loved the snow, like the first day or two, but after it gets like dirty and all slushy and I'm like, yeah, it can go away now. Yeah, that's how I feel as well. But it is a little bit more magical now. So I used to look at it like, oh, great, I have to go to work and drive in it. Mm -hmm. And typically I work, you know, so early that sometimes the snow plows haven't hit the areas that I need Mm -hmm. them to hit. Or sometimes I do get lucky and I will follow a snow plow in. That's a good place to be. Yeah, I do enjoy it when that happens. But this year, the little one is old enough to experience Mm -hmm. snow and truly enjoy it. So I'm hoping we do get a little, but not enough to where I get snowed into Mm -hmm. my house. Yeah, it's, you know, it's been quite a few years that I can remember us. I mean, we had some decent snows last year, but, you know, it was there three or four days and gone, which is preferable. But as we go into that season, you definitely need to hedge your bet. I noticed uh, our sunset location, they had a good amount of rock salt there to make sure everybody was safe. And I'm sure our other locations are uh, following suit. But me at the homestead, and hopefully you guys as well, 
You know, you don't want to wait until the very last minute to run out and get your eggs and your milk and your bread, because that's what everybody does, and you won't have any. So you need to make sure, whatever it is, car-wise, homestead-wise, even work-wise, you know, there's certain things that, you know, I want to make sure that we're ready for, such as the, the plowing equipment to make sure we're up and going that way we don't get caught. And that's, you know, the older I get, and, and maybe this doesn't make sense to anybody out there, the more prepared I feel like I need to be. You know, when I was younger and I didn't have anything at all, <laughs> or I was in the negative, you know, it really wasn't such a big deal at that point in time. If something came up, you didn't have anything that was concerning. So you just kind of lived in the moment, if you will, or you went to family and friends' uh, you know, homes or you know, they came and bailed you out. I can remember during the ice storm um, of what would have been uh, late 06 into 07. And, you know, I didn't have a lot of preparations. I had a very young family. We actually had my oldest daughter at that point in time during the ice storm. And thankfully, the company I was working for at that time did mobile uh, diesel repair. So I had a generator mounted to the truck and that was kind of fortuitous, I guess, if you will, because I didn't have a personal generator and, and I got authorization. They were fine for me to run it while I wasn't at work. But it, <clears throat> it really kind of caught or obviously grasped my attention that, you know, I didn't have enough lamp oil and wicks for, and you need to do this safely, by the way, for the old style oil lanterns. And I didn't have you know, a good setup really to get the power into the house to to utilize the power very well other than just running extension cords through the window. And then, you know, at that point in time, there was a lot of gas stations that didn't have power, so they couldn't pump fuel. So, you know, having really nothing at that point wasn't such a big deal, but I was, I had enough to get by. Well, the last, I guess it would be 17 years, uh, roughly right on the money, I have learned from some of those lessons, and a lot of the things that Sarah and I share on the show here are the years of, you know, hey, this didn't work out. How do we not get ourselves in that situation again? And some of it's been, you know, self-inflicted, you know, hey, maybe I didn't care or take, you know, proper maintenance on certain pieces of equipment or vehicles or have the infrastructure set up before I needed it. And forever, I have been that guy that waits till the last moment when I need that generator or whatever, go to start it up, fire it up, whatever the case may be, and it doesn't perform. And there I'm scrambling to figure it out, which thankfully I have a good skill set. Typically, I always do, which unfortunately, I can rely on that a little bit. And, you know, I know a lot of folks out there maybe don't have that mechanical you know, decades of repair experience to be able to work through those problems. So if your piece of equipment or your vehicle doesn't start, you're kind of stuck and you're in that, um, you know, non-secure mindset at that point because, you know, things aren't going well. So what I mean by all that is, you know, learn from those lessons and try not to recreate them. Now, I'll be completely, you know, vulnerable here, I guess, at the moment. There's a lot of times I got to teach myself these lessons several times. And some of what I'm talking about here, I'm basically preaching to myself that, hey, you got to do a better job being proactive versus reactive on certain things. And when it comes down to inclement weather, you really have to make sure that you're, you know, putting that at the forefront of what's going on. 
Because if not, you know, and you get stuck somewhere or you're without power at home, yeah, maybe you can leave home and go to somebody else's house that has power. Or, you know, maybe you got a spare backup car that, yes, I need to get so-and-so to the doctor. I need to get to the store. I need to get to the pharmacy. You know, fill in the blank with whatever important need that you have in your life. And if you're down to one vehicle and you haven't cared for it and it lays down on you or... You know, God forbid we're in a situation, I think I was at, without a power almost, uh, not quite two weeks, but when the power came back on, um, you know, I had obviously generator power when I wasn't at work and I was I was still working during the ice storm. When the power did come back on, all of my pipes that had broken burst, when the well pump kicked on, I got to find all that stuff. So... You know, these are experiences, and hopefully we're a little bit ahead of, you know, before winter really sets in. I mean, you look at the last couple of weeks, we've been in the 40s, most of the highs, and the lows have been, you know, around freezing or a little bit above. So we really haven't seen a lot of winter yet. And at least, you know, and, and Sarah and I have been talking about this for the last several months, you know, the, the grasshopper versus the ant situation, you know, putting a little bit of time, you know, in preparation to make sure that you're getting ready ready for the changes of scenery is very important. So hopefully that reaches out to somebody a little bit out there. Sarah and I are going to take our first break. You're listening to 1041 KSGF. We'll be right back after this. Through complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right. Welcome back. You got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. I guess that was just a public service announcement the prior uh segment hey it's always better to be prepared yeah than you know be stranded Mm -hmm. or just not have what you need i was watching some off-road recovery videos Uh i don't know why even you know i get on these little like rabbit trails and i end up with that there was a uh i believe it was a lady actually she was in a f 250 or 350 and i'm assuming this was out like west utah you know, somewhere that gets a lot of snow, but <clears throat> she was out in the back country with that truck, full drive, beautiful truck. She broke through the ice layer and got down into kind of the mud Ooh. and buried the truck down to the axle. Oh, no. And she was out there, I think, for six days because of the snow that just kept uh-huh. coming and coming and coming. She was prepared. She had a she had a shovel. She had a come along. And obviously supplies, food and water, and some way to heat. Maybe they had enough fuel. I don't. They didn't tell how they stayed warm, but they picked it up when they sent the recovery vehicle out to get them, and they were able to get them out. Um, but had that lady not been, or whatever it was, I don't know how many people, but I know it was a lady that was driving the truck. <clears throat> pardon me. Had she not been prepared, she would have been stuck out there and probably had a much different ending to that story. But <sighs> All said and done, she was fine. She's prepared. She got out. They videoed uh, getting, you know, basically digging that truck out because, you know, six days she had really tried to get it out. And I guess that's the other thing. Um, if you do get stuck and you know you're not getting out and you just keep, you know, even if you got four wheel drive and you're just digging yourself deeper, it makes it immensely more difficult to get pulled out because now you've dug a. 10, 11,000 pound truck all the way to the axles, and it takes a tremendous amount of uh, force to get that thing out. So 
just be prepared out there. But Sarah, you got some stories over there. I do. What's that so, say over there? Twenty. The 25 best-selling cars, trucks, and SUVs of 2023. Now, last week we did a show for, we did the end of year sales for mm-hmm. Ford. Yes. We also talked about a recall and uh, there was something else that we talked about that took up the vast majority of the show. I think it was the best vehicles to expect in 2024. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, we talked quite a bit about uh, all of those the last several weeks, mainly because, or I guess in my mind, is these doggone things are not getting any cheaper. No, they aren't. So I felt like this would be a pretty good segment because it says that these are the best-selling cars out there. So this kind of gives you an insight mm-hmm. of vehicles that you will be seeing oh, in the yes. shop at least sometime in the near future. Mm-hmm. And you can give us a little insight of... Are we going to be experiencing a lot of vehicles that are lemons or are we experiencing a lot of vehicles that people are going to be relatively happy with whenever they have to take them into the shop? Well, let's start. Let's see what we got. So number 25 was the Ford Escape. It's reported that 140,968 units were sold last year. That's a bunch of Escapes out there. I'm a pretty big fan of the Escape. They're heavily European influenced or or a lot of the technology i see come from europe time will tell how that kind of pans out so that's shifted us a little bit of some of the tooling that we have to have some of the diagnostic equipment the training that we have but that's been a good solid rig i i would recommend that one and it likes to note on car and driver that the Ford Escape, whenever they are counting these units, they also counted all of them together when it comes to non-hybrid, mm-hmm. hybrid, and plug-in yep. hybrid powertrain options. Yeah, that's pretty common. That's been one of the ones that Ford's really invested in. So time will tell how that kind of pans out for us. Number 24, the Subaru Forester, oh, 152000 yeah. 566 units were sold. It's hard to go wrong with a Subaru. You a Subaru guy? You know, I really do like Subarus. I like the engineering. And I guess that's kind of what comes down, you know, as somebody who services the vehicle after production, is how uh, forward thinking they were in relationship to whoever's going to be working on it later and how long they'll stay on the road. Now, it looks like a new 2025 Forester has Mm -hmm. already been revealed, but yet the outgoing model, which is the one that was mentioned just above, Mm -hmm. they still managed to jump over 34% compared with 2022. I believe it. it. You know, the other thing that I like about Subaru is they they don't willy-nilly change a lot of their design and... I mean, they'll update the, the, you know, kind of the trim package and that stuff, but they've had similar engine platforms for a lot of years and really didn't, you know, try and break the the bank, if you will, redesigning the wheel that's already worked forever and ever and ever. So well done, Subaru. Number 23 is the Mazda CX-5. Mm-hmm. 153,808 units were sold. What do you think about that? You got a photo out there. Do you think that's a stylish vehicle? I always liked Ma- I d- Mazda styling. I do. But you know, I don't hear a lot about Mazda. Do we have mm-hmm. a dealership around here? So, yeah, I do think, and off the top of my head, I can't think of what the Mazda dealer, and it's not Springfield Imports, I don't think anymore, but... Um, Reliable Mazda. It's there off Ingram Mill. Yes, yes. Thank you. I appreciate being able to pull that up so easily. 
Uh, you know, the big thing is Mazda doesn't have a lot of flair that goes around them. I mean, they had the old Zoom Zoom commercials. Do you oh, remember those? Yes, I do remember those. Uh, I always liked those commercials. I thought the marketing department there was pretty good. But Mazda, you know, I've worked on a bunch of them. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they're a Ford-owned company. And hmm. so I naturally, if they're not now, they have been for decades. <clears throat> and I really, you know, everybody knows that I'm kind of a Ford fanboy, which is fine, so. Uh, it looks like they're owned. Hmm, I, well, so I just Googled it, so mm -hmm. I don't know. It pulled up three different things. So it pulled up Toyota. So they have worked quite a bit together. They may have some interest in there. And then it also mentions the Master Trust Bank of Japan oh, and the hmm. Trust and Custody Services Bank. Well, if anybody out there knows what know. all that is, we'd love to know. I mean, that's just the first thing that popped up while I... At one point in time, I know it. Ford had a huge interest with them, or maybe they weren't owned, but there was a lot of working together, because the <clears throat> old Mazda trucks were truly Mazda, but the later Mazda trucks, you want to take a wild guess of what they were, actually? They were badged Mazda, but they were near and dear to your heart. They were a Ford Ranger. <gasps> oh! Yes. So when you open the hood, that's exactly what you found, was a Ford Ranger. Interesting. Yeah. And, you know, those were great trucks as well. I'm a big fan of those. Okay, number 22. I'm surprised by this. Uh, I'm going to call BS on this right out of the gate. It says it's the Jeep Wrangler. Yeah. 156,581 mm. units were sold. Don't get me wrong. I really love Jeeps but they are not reliable anymore. And so, no, I do not recommend that. It, it, I'm sure they sold a boatload of them just because Jeep people, but man, I don't know. See, and that's the crazy part. What I was saying is I couldn't believe that they were so low on that list. Oh, because really? I, well, I feel like, oh yeah, and maybe I've just noticed it more because we've had the conversation oh, about yeah. Jeeps in the past. I feel like I've noticed a lot more Jeep Wranglers on the roadways, but uh, Car yeah. and Driver, they note that Wrangler sales were down a significant 14% compared mm. with 2022. They're really struggling with their drivetrain in those. I just, it's it's not that I don't like Jeeps. I truly do. And I really like the Jeep community, if you will. Yeah. Um, it is amazing the out-of-the-way people will go to be courteous or help another Jeep owner. Uh -huh. I mean, it's really a big deal. But I personally, for I don't know what the price tag on that Jeep, probably $65,000, I'm not sure. I just, uh, I would go a different direction personally. Car and driver, they also note when you go a little bit further down that they are seeing an increased competition from the Ford Bronco oh, lineup. Oh, yes. So that makes sense. So, all right. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. If you had to choose between a Jeep and a Ford Bronco, what would you choose? So I think, well, it's a loaded question. It yes. depends on what type of Bronco you're talking you about. You get to spec it out. You can spec either one of them okay. out. Okay. Well, I would definitely go with a Ford Bronco then, but I would want to go with an older model because I don't know if you remember, but whenever mm -hmm. they released the Ford yep. Bronco, what was it, 2020 or uh -huh. somewhere in that range, there was a huge increase <laughs> of people who immediately wanted one. Yep. There, there was back orders for months, even years. Mm -hmm. And then once people started getting their brand 
brand new Broncos, they were having transmission and engine problems oh, yes. right out of the gate. Big time. And then they recalled like over half oh, yeah. of the ones that they yeah. sold. And it was it was a hot mess. And I know somebody who was on that wait oh, list. Really? Yes. Personally. And they finally got it and they had like they had the top tier trim package. Mm-hmm. And it was the neatest thing. And I remember sitting in their car and they were showing all of the different <laughs> different things that they had custom ordered on their Bronco. And then like eight months later, when I saw them again, they were in a different vehicle. And I said, what happened to the Bronco? And they said, you would not believe the amount of problems mm-hmm. that I've had with that vehicle. It was garbage. <laughs> Those were like first the exact words. First generation. The things that I <clears throat> really think that Jeep needs to do better, and maybe in the new ones they have, is Bronco put a place for the doors that you could file the doors mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. inside the vehicle. And I've owned several Jeeps over the years. I love them. But when you take the doors off, typically you leave them at home or work or wherever you took them off at. And inevitably... It, it always it, snows. It, it or snows. It, it rains. rains. Yeah. Yep. And that's part of Jeep life. I'll give you that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not whining at all. But... Having the ability to carry the doors in a in a engineered, you know, dedicated place makes a lot of sense yeah. to me. So I Jeep, if you haven't figured that out already, you really need to. Yeah. Who knows? They they might have figured it out. Uh, I would imagine that they have. Okay, we've got time for probably okay. one more on this list. We'll end with number twenty one for this segment, which is the Subaru mm-hmm. Crosstrek. Yep. They sold one hundred and fifty nine thousand one hundred and ninety three units. <clears throat> the other thing that I like about Subarus is typically Subaru owners, and it may sound weird. But Subaru owners want to take care of their vehicle. They, the, I guarantee if you looked at the length of ownership on all makes, all models, Subaru would probably be up there in the top five or ten easily mm. because people want to take care and keep those cars on the road. But as of that moment, Sarah and I are down at the bottom of the hour. We're going to split the show up. We're going to pick it up with the list right after the break. Your complete car care solution. Custom car care. All right. Welcome back. You got Sarah and Dustin. We're kind of running down the list of uh, 2023 is over now, in case nobody got that memo out there. <laughs> the best-selling cars. The best-selling cars. That's right. We ended on the Subaru Crosstrek. They sold 159,193 units. Number 20 is the Subaru Outback. Are we seeing a theme here? I, a little bit. <laughs> they sold 161,814 vehicles. So Car and Driver says that the Outback received a minor update for the 2023 model and all-wheel drive station wagon continued strong into the 2024 model year. With a 10% increase, it finished off the year as the best-selling Subaru, beating out the smaller Crosstrek that's also found on this list Mm -hmm. that I just mentioned. Absolutely. Number 19, the Toyota Highlander. They sold 169,543. That's a good looking vehicle. It really is. Uh, And, you know, I kind of rail on EVs and that now that's obviously a hybrid. I'm not opposed to a hybrid. And honestly, out of everybody out there doing the hybrid situation, Toyota, in my opinion, is doing it best. Yeah. It says the Highlander three-row SUV was down 24% compared with 2022. They attribute much of that drop with the arrival of the new larger Grand Highlander, which mm. racked up 48,000 sales of its own just a few months and will surely continue this uh, trend throughout 2024. Mm. Number 18, 
the Ford Explorer. Mm-hmm. They sold 186,799 units. I like those. I really yeah, like Yeah, it is those. a good-looking vehicle. They run well. The The labor it takes to do some repairs on them is pretty intense, but it's methodical. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I forget what I did. I did a significant job. It may have been a water pump and AC system. But those vehicles are built to basically be disassembled in big pieces and then reassembled together instead of doing one by one by one by one. So I really appreciate some of the effort that went into those, as well as the owners that own those typically really enjoy driving them. Number 17, the Honda Accord, Mm -hmm. 197,947 units were sold. You can't beat a Honda Accord. I mean, for a sedan car, they are an amazingly good car. I feel, maybe I'm wrong, but I think this is the first car on the list. Well, and the cars are kind of, yeah, it's as you roll through there, yeah. there's some crossovers Most there. Most of them are SUVs. The Honda Accord, I mean, if you need a sedan and you're good with a car, man, you just can't miss with an Accord. So it says <clears> that the sales are up 28% compared with a soft result in 2022. So maybe people who are liking the, the style of a car, mm-hmm. maybe they're just being forced into it because there are so few so I haven't, I don't think, uh, disclosed this, not that this is super relevant to the discussion, but my oldest daughter went out and uh, she's 17, still kind of working on the driver's thing. I got her a four-wheel drive Dodge Dakota because I thought it'd be safe. Oh, yeah. She initially said, yeah, I like that. And she is now kind of shifted gears, which is fine. And she decided for her first car, she wants a car instead of a truck. Uh-huh. I'm a little torn because I'd rather her sit up a little bit, have a little more mass around her. I like the four-wheel drive. Yeah. But I hunted around, and it needs some mechanical love. Shocker. I know everybody's surprised to hear that. But a good buddy of mine had a Honda Civic that needed an engine. Hmm. And so I was able to get it cheap. It's got some dents and, you know, it's had some character over its life. Um, But... I've negotiated that with my oldest daughter, Josie, and she's like, yeah, I would drive that, Dad. So thank you, Honda, for putting a a still producing a good car out there, and hopefully they keep doing it because that's a good option. Well, it's funny you say that because number 16 on the list, which I didn't even know this until I scrolled down, was the Honda Civic. They sold over 200,381 vehicles last year. For a dependable car, and, and, you know, Sarah, you and I have talked about this forever, really my gauge of what people think is dependable is how much neglect you can give it and it uh-huh. still runs that is pretty much the poster child for that they saw a 50 percent mm-hmm. rise in sales compared with the previous year you look at like the you know the bang for your buck theory if you will yeah that is a lot of car both of those cars actually for the amount of money and really to be able to have that through you know college and and starting a family and and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you, there's no reason with a little bit of love, that car won't last 10 years easy, if not 15 to 20 years, even with minimal care. So why do you think that they saw like a 50% rise in sales? And because even the uh, the Honda Accord, they also noted that there was a, a huge increase in sales as well. So my theory is, is that the car market is shrinking. Yeah. And, okay. 
you know, you can't go and buy from other manufacturers like you used to without moving into an SUV. So if you're like my oldest daughter and she really wants a car, uh, Honda is pretty much a no-brainer to turn to personally. Yeah, see, that's what I was thinking too. But I just wanted your yeah, input on that. That's that's my thought. Number 15, the Hyundai Tucson. Mm-hmm. 209,624 units were sold last year. I see those cars. So you see the grill on there uh-huh. and you out on the radio land will have to just kind of use your imagination. That grill lights up and it oh, looks does it kinda, really? I don't want to say it looks like a spaceship a little bit, but uh-huh. I always love the way those cars look at night. Uh, when I was a kid, my dad and I, he was in the paint body business. And so he was very good at uh, trim aesthetics. And at night, we would guess what year, make, and model the vehicle was by the headlights or taillights as mm. we would go down the road. It was just something we did. And that one, I still I apparently do that to this day. And uh, that one, I definitely always know because of the way that grill's set up. So. Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of... I guess the best way to describe it, it's like almost like a V shape, mm-hmm. but it's a very a wide oh, yeah. V shape. I'm curious about, uh, you know, you've expressed some frustration about yours not having good cargo area. Yes. And I know you don't have that exact model, but it's a similar. Yeah, because it says that the Tucson is a compact mm-hmm. crossover, which is essentially yep. what mine is. And I'm curious. So whenever I get one, you know, in at the shop or whatever, if, if the cargo area because you had expressed a frustration about your cargo area yes. and i'll be honest when you first did it i'm like well how bad could it be i know you thought i was being dramatic a little bit i truly <laughs> did and then we went out to i think your horn was going off so we had to you know try and make sure that didn't happen anymore uh-huh. and you opened it to get your kit which you had which was awesome had everything See, we i'm needed. not a liar no nope. you you come uh ready for business mm-hmm and you opened that up and you could fit like three or four bags of groceries back there. I couldn't I believe how small See, it was. I wasn't lying about my all. emergency car care nope. kit. I wasn't lying about the room. <laughs> so, I mean, I, what else do you need from me to, to believe me? No, I, I am a believer now, Sarah. So <laughs> I'll have to, we'll have to update everybody once we find out whether there's some cargo area. Yeah. All right. Number 14 is the Chevy Equinox. They sold 212,701. Hmm. Yep. What do you think about that rig? Well, time will tell. Chevy's had some issues with their drivetrains lately. I'm not sure. I feel like, and I'll probably get some flack on this. I feel like lately a lot of these Chevy SUVs, they're almost kind of copy and paste with just mm-hmm. a few little tweaks here That's and there. That's a very good point. Because my thought was, when I saw this is I thought, oh, this really looks a lot like the Chevy Trailblazer mm-hmm. that I'm currently driving. Yep. So I'm just kind of curious. What's the difference between them? Now, you've them? been a fan of this Trailblazer, though. I am, but I will say this. It's a 2023. Mm-hmm. And it's made very poorly. Oh, really? I can tell that they just rushed it through mm-hmm. production. A lot of the the rubber in the vehicle, especially, I have an area that's kind of above my glove box. And it's got like this little, like, I don't know, like little rubber input area. I think you can put your phone up there or, you know, just store a couple of smaller sure. items. The rubber on that's literally falling mm-hmm. out and you cannot put it back in. Yeah. And then I also noticed around the uh, the wheel wells of the vehicle, it's got kind of a rubber coat that goes around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that's to kind of protect the car from yeah. any, you know, sludge that comes up. But I've noticed I've had to actually physically push those like mm-hmm. little prongs back in because they're, they just keep falling out. And you wouldn't assume that that would happen, especially mm-hmm. Especially with it being a 2023. Yeah. Absolutely. We got to take a break. We do. Okay. You're listening to Springfield Stock 1041. For complete car care solution, A1 
Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back. We got just a little bit of time, and we have talked a lot, and so we're we're, we're almost halfway. Yeah, through. we're on the Chevy Equinox. Okay, what else we got? Out We've there? got number thirteen, the Toyota Corolla. Yeah, two hundred and thirty-two thousand three hundred and seventy of those bad I would boys rank were sold. That right up there with either the Honda. So yeah. well done, Toyota. They were up only five percent over twenty twenty-two. And the, so there's a theme here. A lot of the the rock star ones uh-huh. haven't made a lot of crazy adjustments. They just have right. made a good platform. They update it when they need to, and they stick through it. So well done. Number twelve. This doesn't surprise me. The Tesla Model Three over two hundred and thirty two thousand seven hundred vehicles were hmm. sold, and then they put like a little asterisk estimated. Aha! Uh-huh, because. Hmm. Most uh, Elon keeps all that in house. Yeah. Well done. Well, that doesn't surprise me though, because there's been such a huge push yes. for EVs. You know, the resale. I think we talked about the resale EV market is almost abysmal. Like once that's used up, and I, I'm always looking for a deal out there. Uh-huh. And I almost at some point, I'm gonna buy me a used oh, Tesla. Yeah. Just so I can dive into it and kind of see what I can make heads or tails of it. So. Mm. All right. Well, you have, you have fun with that. I will. That's my pastime. <laughs> Number 11 is the Toyota Tacoma. Over 234,768 of them were sold. You can't beat a Toyota. I've said it a hundred times. And this is the crazy part. Tacoma sales were down 1%. That really surprises me. I almost wonder if that one may be an inventory issue that they couldn't sell more. Hmm. Um, Because I don't see those sitting on the lot like I do some of the other vehicles out there. So it says that many uh, Tacoma faithful are likely waiting for the new model that's arriving for Mm -hmm. the 2024 model year. So maybe that's why they were down 1%. Who knows? That's pretty good. Number 10. I want your input on this one. The Jeep Grand Cherokee. 244,595 were sold. Not impressed. So that's now a Stellantis company. Yes. Um, So we'll see kind of how that that ended. uh, What year was that? Was that 21? Mm. I think that they moved in and kind of merged with Fiat. Um, So time will tell whether that ends up being a good rig, but they've had some struggles in the past. And they noted in the little... A description that Stellantis models are all kind of seen sale declines. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine is the Nissan Rogue. 271,458 were sold. You know, Nissan, I am surprised is as popular as they are. Yeah. Um, not a crazy, uh, you know, when I talk about engineering, I'm not a fan of their engineering department. Huh. Well, there's a good chance that you'll see a lot more of them because that was a lot of vehicles mm-hmm. sold. A lot of those get sold to rental car companies. The oh, really? Nissan is a huge partner with a ton of rental car companies. And really, they're, you know, a decent rig, probably with the exception of their, their uh, CVT transmissions. as uh, kind of a joke in, in the industry, if you will. If you have one, I'm sorry. Do some maintenance on it, and it'll be a lot better for you. But most people drive them until they blow up. They get 60,000, 90,000 miles, and they're done. Number eight, the Toyota Camry. 290,649 were sold. I'd, if I owned one of those, I'd be a proud owner, honestly. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty stylish for a car, you know. Yeah, I'm it's not a good-looking car vehicle. Guy, but yeah, it's a decent car. It says that sales declined 2% compared mm. with 2022. You know, that's not bad, though. You think about all the money printing that was done during that time. Yeah. And the cars that were sold for you to to maintain that profit. Man, I'm I'm with you on that one. <laughs> they also note, we think hell will freeze over before the Toyota Camry <laughs> relinquishes its spot as the best-selling non-SUV in the country. They, I <laughs> am inclined to agree with them. Yeah, it is a good-looking little it car. It really is. Absolutely. All right, number seven. Ooh, we're getting into mm-hmm. the trucks. 
Number seven, GMC Sierra, 295,737 vehicles were sold. That's a good looking rig. I yeah. mean, I'm, you know, I, I wouldn't say I, I like Chevy. I actually have owned several. I have my one ton is, is a Chevy. I like the styling of the GMC a little bit better, personally. Hmm. I think they do a really good job. One of my kind of goals is to buy a three-quarter ton or one ton black diesel GMC with the Denali trim package, the yes. black and chrome. Really like those trucks. Is that the one that you were looking up that was yes. like $78,000? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, may have gone up to, like, if you get all the bells and whistles, I think it was close to $90,000. It's a lot. Yes. That's a lot of dough. Beans. Number six is the Honda CRV. 361,457 mm-hmm. of them were sold. That's been a really popular rig. And everybody that owns those, I would put that kind of in the same ballpark as the owners of the Subarus. Yeah. They love those things and they run them for three, 400,000. I bought a used one years ago and put an engine in it for my sister. And I think it had like 300 on it. Uh, when the engine finally went out and then she drove it several years, sold it. I still see it to this day driving around oh, the really? Aurora area. Yep. Oh, well, that's kind of neat. Number five is the Tesla Model Y. Hmm. They believe that there was 385,900 of them sold last year. Time will tell. Uh, old Elon's doing some things. They did recall all of the Teslas due to a oh, uh, yes. driver assist error, yes. error here recently. So hopefully he gets that all worked out. Number four, Toyota RAV4. Are we seeing a, a, a trend on <laughs> yeah, this? Yeah, the Toyotas, they seem to be on the, <laughs> the top of this list. 434, yeah. wow, that's a big jump. 434,943 of the RAV4s were sold last year. So I have two personal friends and family. One bought the hybrid off-road-ish model. Uh-huh. I know that sounds a little weird. And one bought the internal gas combustion mm-hmm. uh, last year. And they are both extremely happy. I've done some basic maintenance for them on them yeah uh been a really good rig really well put together um i think if you own a rav4 you're doing good shape yeah it's a good looking vehicle absolutely number three is the ram a pickup man i'm not believing that that's what they say i i I guarantee a lot of people bought them but i think our last show or the show before we talked about the amount of inventory that's sitting which is not common right now on the lots because those trucks are not moving. Car and Driver says that 444,926 wow. Ram pickups were sold last year, but they do note that it's down 5%. And um, they think that maybe the dealerships are going to be releasing the 2025 mm-hmm. model soon, so that could improve their sales. So I was driving through Aurora. Now, Mays has been the GM dealer down there forever. They recently, I'd say in the last several years, acquired the Dodge mm. uh, franchise. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they were $14,000 below MSRP, oh. which tells me that they are trying to move that old inventory. So if you're looking for a deal on a pickup, I don't recommend Dodge, but you can probably get a good buy on it right now. Number two on this list is the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado. Yes. This one's not candy painted. It is not candy painted. <laughs> but man, um, I, uh, it is a good looking it's truck. It's not a bad truck by no means. Uh, U.S. Car and Driver says that 543,319 Chevy Silverados were sold last year. I'm not mad at them. They make a good truck. I mean, we do a fair amount of work on them, but, you know, that's still a good working truck. Um I guess this is important. You know, a lot of people still think of the big three domestic, Ford, Chevy, and Dodge. 
Dodge is no longer a domestic company. They're yeah. a European company. So as far as I know, General Motors is still here in the States with us. So at least it's somewhat, you know, domestic. Yeah. All right. Number one, do you want to take a guess what it uh, is? I mean, if I was going to guess, it'd probably be the Ford F-150. It is. It is. Yep. All right. It is the Ford F-Series. The number one spot. I mean, I tell you what, this is a big jump. <laughs> this is a big jump. So, okay, a reminder, Chevy Silverado was number two. They sold 543319 The Ford F-Series, they sold 750789 wow. trucks last year. Rightfully so. Yeah. Rightfully so. Actually, I didn't buy a Ford. Well, I bought several Fords last year. But as far as like uh, new vehicles that were not broken, um, I bought a GM model last year from a Ford dealer, actually. Jimmy Mitchell's in Aurora is who I bought my Chevy pickup from. But um, had I had a good deal on a good F-Series pickup, I probably would have definitely been interested in that. Car and Driver says it once again solidly made it to number one spot to that number one spot with a 15% increase over its wow. 2022 results. They also disclosed that a little over 24,000 of those sales were the electric F-150 Lightning pickups. Now that kind of disappoints me a little bit. Yeah. Probably not as disappointing as but, the people that bought the Lightning pickups, yeah. but you know, hopefully it works out for you. All right. Well, we do have just a couple of okay. minutes left. You want to give us a shop update or what's going on around the shop? You know, I'll let you do. just talk. I, I'm good at that, thankfully, <laughs> I guess, since this is a talk radio station. Um, we have jumped through several of the local hoops. Uh, we're down to hopefully uh, at some point this last week, we may have finished our final inspection. There you go. So we got the lifts in. The airlines are going in this week. I think I covered that last show. Um, we're getting kind of the nitty gritty, you know, computer systems built, everything installed, parking lots ready to go, landscaping's done, really to the finish line at this point. So we're going to do a soft opening, kind of start, you know, doing some business in there. Everybody that is a customer, once we do open, and I should put this out there, you have been going to the rear building office for decades. Yes. That will now be dedicated only to service and parts. So we're still going to be working in there. But if you're a customer, you need to go to the store that is on Sunshine. And you'll see a nice big waiting area um, really set up well. Uh, thought of the customer experience quite a bit. Oh, good. We offer a Uber ride as well. So if you don't want to wait, we can get you home or to work as long as you're within Springfield. And uh, get you where you need to go. That way we have the time to focus on your car. And the reason that I bring that up is because not all mechanics are created equal and rushed service is not in your best interest. Now, I don't want to be one of those shops, and you'll notice we typically don't have cars sitting for weeks and months at a time. We turn them back very quickly, and that was really a lot of what we had in mind when we developed this other facility or this new expanded facility. So keep that in mind. I guarantee you will notice it when you drive down Sunshine or Fort Street. Uh, we're right smack dab on the corner. Uh, would be the southwest corner of the intersection there and you won't miss us we still got some other things to do but we should be opening up very quickly well i cannot wait to check out the new shop i'll have to come over in a couple of Absolutely. days before you guys open so yeah. i can get a little private tour yes uh you know we had uh tom marks we uh marks we 
we were able to give him a tour here a while back, which was wonderful. Yeah, and he was telling me about it, and you know what I said? I said, what the heck? Why I know. Didn't, why didn't I get one? And <laughs> well, he goes, well, apparently you didn't ask. And you I'm have like, an I'm invitation. on the radio show. You have an invitation as okay, always. Okay, good. Well, now I feel like I guilted you into it. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I love to show off this new facility. I am very excited about it. All right. Well, we are officially out of show. I hope you guys have a really good weekend. If you are out there and you have questions or comments for us, feel free to text us on our text line. That phone number is 417-447-5743. Once again, it is 417-447-5743. Or you can reach out to us on our social media at 1041KSGF. Dustin, I hope you have a good weekend. You as well. Be safe out there. Bye.